you were with us last week, we talked about thriving in every season. And I'll give you just a little recap. If you didn't join us, you can always go back on the website of the podcast and watch or listen to the message. But last week we talked about uh, the Shunammite woman that was an aid and a resource to Elisha. And because of her willingness to be a blessing to him, she in return was blessed. And so a couple of the key points that I made last week is during different seasons, you've got to make room for other people. Number two, you've got to make room for the anointing in your life. You've got to make room for, for God to move in. If you're going to thrive, it's because of him in your life. We talked about the difference between responding and reacting to circumstances or tests or trials. We talked about how she responded in faith. She didn't react out of her flesh or out of her mind. Lastly, we talked about seeing opposition as confirmation. You know, for many of us, uh, uh, opposition is coming at us every day from different directions. And you need to see that that is confirmation that God is doing something in your life that he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble, and that he wants to take this adversity and turn it into a miraculous work in your life. And today I want to continue along the same lines of thriving in every season. But today I want to talk about the fuel that drives us through the season. You know, you don't just stop in a season. We don't camp out in a season. God's called us to continue to move through seasons. And if you know anything about seasons living up here in the Northeast, seasons continually change. We don't want to get stuck in a season. We want to move through a season. And so it's the same way in the season that we're living in, this, this trial time, this trivial time, this time that some would say is challenging. There's a fuel that's required to keep you moving. And I like to call this fuel daredevil faith. Just say that out loud with me. Say daredevil faith. Daredevil faith is the fuel that helps move us from one season to the next. If you know me at all or know me very well, I love to read. I'm a, I'm a reader of the Bible, but I also love to le read leadership books. I love to read history books. And I love to read books about people who faced great challenges in their life, but overcame them. They defied the odds. They, they challenged uh, adversity and lived to, to overcome it. Enough that their story was recorded. A few of the stories that I love are about people who challenged life or accepted the challenge that life put towards them. And they made an impact that was worth writing about. See, I believe that every man and woman needs a challenge. You need a challenge that would grow you in your faith that would grow you and test you in every aspect of your life. See, challenges cause us to dig a little deeper, to dig a little deeper into ourselves and discover what we're really made of. I like a few of these stories uh, that I've heard growing up and over the years. The first one is the story we heard in, in grade school of Benjamin Franklin, who challenged lightning. He challenged lightning and discovered Electricity, you can see behind me all these light bulbs. Without him challenging electricity, we wouldn't be shooting this video today. Another story that I just finished reading, a phenomenal novel called The Wright Brothers, was about two brothers from the Midwest who went to Kitty Hawk, North Carolina to challenge gravity. And you and I both know they invented the airplane, which has allowed us to travel all over the states and around the world. Without them challenging gravity, 
our society, our world wouldn't be what it is today. Another great story is one that took place in 1969 where Neil Armstrong challenged the idea of space travel and he became the first man to step on the moon. Here's one that you may not know about, but I love climbing. There's a lady named Junko Tebe, and she challenged Mount Everest in 1975, and she became the first woman to summit that great mountain. One of my favorite stories of all time I read about in 2009, and it's a story of a circus performer who used to travel with P.T. Barnum and his circus that traveled around the United States. This young man's name was the Great Blondine. And the story goes on to say in, in 1859, he went to New York and for the first time he saw the Great Niagara Falls. One of the writers that I was reading that was telling this story, they said that when he saw the falls, electricity shot through his veins. And he was determined in that moment that he was going to set up a tightrope. And he was going to challenge death by walking across this great tightrope. And so he, as a circus performer, began to save a little bit of money and a little bit of money and a little bit of money to buy a three-inch cable over 1,100 feet long so that he could perform the feat that he realized and determined this was his destiny. He was created to, to fight this challenge, to, to walk this tightrope so that others could see how much of a daredevil he was. The story goes on to say he did save his money. And in July of 1859, he stretched a cable across and thousands and thousands of people bought tickets for 25 cents to watch the great blondine tightrope walk across the Niagara Falls. He, before he would challenge the falls, he would ask the crowd, do you believe? And they would say, I don't know. And he would say, do you believe? And the story goes on to say that he jumped up on that tightrope and he walked all the way across it and across it back again to the crowd. And he said, now do you believe? And they shouted, we believe, we believe. And the crowds began to build day after day. And each day before he would walk and do another crazy stunt, he would say, do you believe? And I want to ask you today, do you believe that you have what it takes to traverse the challenges that life is throwing at you today? The story goes on to say that he was, several times he was shackled. He would handcuff himself with, with chains and he would cross the Niagara Falls that way. One of the times it says that he dressed up as an Indian and he was doing cartwheels and somersaults across an 1,100 foot cable defying the odds across Niagara Falls. The final act, it says that when he was 73 years old, he finally said, I'm looking for somebody that believes. Do you believe? And they said, oh, you can do it. And he pulled out a wheelbarrow and he said, who will ride in the wheelbarrow? And nobody moved. And he said, I thought you said you believed. And one lone person raised their hand. They said, I believe. I'll get in the wheelbarrow. It was his manager. And he got in that wheelbarrow and the great blondine pushed him in the wheelbarrow all the way across Niagara Falls and back. You know, when I think about these stories of these men and women who face challenges, the great Blondine, what a great name. I ask this question, what, everybody knows his name in history, but was his name known in heaven? His name was known here on earth and you can Google him, you can watch videos, you can watch stories about this name that he made for himself here, but what about his name in heaven? 
See, people are remembered for the challenges they face and how they overcame them. But do their names carry an eternal weight? Daniel 11.32 says this, it says, The people that know their God shall be strong and shall do great exploits. Exploits is defined as a bold or daring feat. I want to say this to you at the beginning of this message that you and I are not like everybody else. Because Jesus is the Lord of our life, because we were created with a purpose and a destiny, you have to understand you and I were created to bring glory to God in everything that we do. In everything that we do, including persevering boldly in overcoming the challenges that life throws our way. Our testimony is that we win. Our testimony is that we succeed in the face of adversity, in the face of challenges. It should be known to those around us that there's a greater power in us that causes us to thrive in every season. At the beginning of this pandemic, our pastor, Pastor Verna, she was speaking to our staff. and She was challenging and encouraging us to not quit, to not give up, to press on. And she asked this question. She said, who do you want to be on the other side of this pandemic? Because you can go through a pandemic and be the same person as you were at the beginning as you are at the end. But that's not who we're called to be. We're called to thrive in every season. So she asked us, who do you want to be on the other side? What would you want people to say about you in the season after? What will they say? And I, I kind of took this personally. You know, for me, I kept thinking about well, who am I going to be on the other side of this pandemic? Will I be the same person or will I grow through this season? Will I thrive in this season that causes me to be set up for success in the next season? And so I begin to think about it. I, 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 for, for just being honest, I, I think about what people think about me way too much. But I thought about, man, what will people say about Pastor Josh? on the other side of this or even during it? Will they say, oh man, he, he fell apart? Or man, he stood strong? Or will they say, he's one that defied the odds? He overcame great obstacles. See, right now for each and every one of us, if we were honest, we're all facing different challenges due to the crisis in our nation due to COVID-19 and the economics that are going on. Some of us are facing financial challenges. For many of you watching, it's physical challenges. For others, it may be mental challenges or marital challenges or relationship challenges. For many of us, if we were honest, we would say that we've hit our limit or we're being tested like never before. One of my favorite communicators, he's a pastor named Mark Batterson out of Washington, D.C., and he gives this great quote. He says, you will never know your limits or your abilities until they are tested, until they're proven. Let me ask you this. Do you know what you have in the tank? Do you know what you're really made of? Do you know that there's greatness on the inside of you? Do you know that Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit can cause you to triumph in every season, even when others say that's impossible? Let me remind you of Mark chapter 9, verse 23 out of the New Living Translation. Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if you believe. Anything is possible if I believe. 
Let me ask you this. What do you believe? How well do you know your God? How strong are you in your faith right now? James says it this way. James chapter 1 and verse 2. He says, consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. He's saying to us today as a church, hey, IFC, consider it a gift that you're going through this transition. Consider it a gift and consider it joy that your faith is being tested because you're going to find out who you really are and who God really is in you. But don't try to get out of it. Don't try to go around it. Head straight through it, allowing your faith to grow and mature into fullness or completion. The Bible is filled with great stories of people who overcame great challenges and made a name not only for themselves, but made a name for God in them. We read about them as little kids and we teach them to our kids in classrooms and Bible stories. Today I want to talk about a few of these people, some of my favorite stories of people who persevered, of people who took on the challenge and allowed themselves to grow through challenging times. See, all three of these people have what I call daredevil faith. Today I want to give you three simple attributes of a daredevil. Number one, daredevils go after their dreams regardless of public opinion. Number two, daredevils have a whatever-it-takes attitude. And number three, daredevils run towards adversity instead of retreating away from it. Let's look at a few stories. Number one, daredevils go after their dreams regardless of particular public opinion. See, they choose to be participators, not just spectators. Daredevils do what others merely talk about. In Mark chapter 5, we read a great story of a woman who was sick. And in verse 21, it says, After Jesus returned across the lake, a huge crowd of people gathered around him on the shoreline. And just then, a man saw that it was Jesus. So he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at his feet. His name was Jairus. He was a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded with Jesus saying over and over, Please come with me. My little daughter is at the point of death. She's only 12 years old. Come please and lay your hands on her and heal her so that she would live. So Jesus went with him and the huge crowd followed him, pressing him from all sides. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual, ble continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors. Yet in spite of spending all that she had on their treatments, she wasn't getting better, but rather she was growing worse. Verse 27 says, When she heard Jesus had healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up to him behind him, and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, If I can only touch his clothes, I know that I'll be healed. 
As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that somebody had touched him, for he felt the power was always surging around him. It had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, Hey, who touched me? And the disciples answered, What do you mean, who touched you? Look at all these people. Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. And when the woman who had experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling, fearful, and she threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him the story of what had just happened. Verse 34 says, And Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. Twelve years of sickness. Twelve years of dealing with this disease. In her time, in the season that she lived, she was forbid from going out in public because of the disease and the condition which she had medically. She was told, stay inside. Just live with it. Just deal with it. You know, society's telling us that right now. Just stay in your house. Just wear your mask. Just be quiet. Just listen to everybody else. I want to tell you right now that for a decade she stayed away from people, but there came a day when she heard of Jesus and her faith arose. I like to say it this way. She began to obtain daredevil faith because it was going to take her stepping out of her comfort zone and going against public opinion to receive what she needed to live a successful, healthy life. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Her dream and her, her idea of what she wanted with her life was to be healthy and whole, which required her to take a risk. To take a risk of faith, to enter the crowd, was to set herself up for possible stoning. If you study the scriptures out and you read about what this woman went out against, you would realize she was on a life or death mission. Either I'm going to get to Jesus and get my healing or I'm probably going to be stoned to death because everybody else doesn't want me outside. They don't want to be around me. They've told me stay inside and just live with it. She reached out with a touch of faith. I want to ask you this. What miracle do you need? What is it that only you know about and maybe those around you are saying, hey, this is just your lot in life. This is just what you need to, to do and this is how you need to live your life. I want to challenge you that a, a step of faith out of public opinion, you can receive what Jesus has for you. Someone's opinion doesn't lead you to Jesus. It's faith in hearing the word of God. See, most people that day were just out to see Jesus she came to experience Jesus. Daredevil faith is the fuel that pushes you beyond what everybody else is doing and grabs a hold of the miraculous. I was thinking about some seasons in my life where I needed to get away from everybody else and go get something for myself. It was in the late 90s and early 2000s. There was a ministry in Tulsa, Oklahoma that was having these Holy Ghost rallies. 
And I began to hear about all these testimonies that were happening in these services. I was just a, a young adult living at home, just finished Bible school. And, and, and I'd experienced a few of these meetings online and hearing about them and testimonies, but I needed to go there for myself. I needed a miracle in my own life. And so I remember asking my best friend, Rip, I said, we should drive to Tulsa. It was a 12-hour drive one way from Mobile to Tulsa. And I was telling people, we're going to go to Tulsa for these meetings. They say, why would you do that? Why would you go there? That's a waste of time. You're going to drive all that way? But what they didn't know is I needed a change in my life. I was looking for the next step in my season. I was looking to get a touch from Jesus that I couldn't get where I was. And I drove to Tulsa and I remember being in those meetings and watching people that were just there to participate and see what Jesus was doing. I came to participate. When they had the lines for ministry, I was the first one down there. I was going to get something. Let me tell you this, when you get daredevil faith, you'll put aside what other people think about you. You'll lose interest in public opinion and you'll get a place where you have to do what you need to do. And in those moments, you'll be rewarded just like she was. Where she was told, woman, your faith made you whole. The daredevil inside of you, the faith that you created by listening and declaring with your mouth brought you to this moment and forevermore your life is going to be changed. Number one, daredevils go after their dreams regardless of public opinion. The second characteristic of a daredevil is that they have a whatever it takes attitude. Daredevils are resourceful. They're determined and they stop at nothing to accomplish what's in their heart. In Luke chapter 5, verse 7, we find Jesus teaching again. The Bible says that there was Pharisees and teachers of the law listening to him, sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and even all the way to Jerusalem. And the Bible says the power of the Lord was there to heal the sick. But some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus but they couldn't find a way to do it because of the crowd. They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus as he was teaching. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began talking to themselves and saying, Who is this fellow? Who is this guy who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God? And God alone. Jesus knew what they were thinking and he asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or for me to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up and take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them and he took what he had been lying on and went home praising and giving glory to God. Verse 26 says, Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Daredevils have a whatever-it-takes attitude. Daredevil faith causes you to think outside the box. Daredevil faith causes you to rip the roof off of situations and approach Jesus from a different angle than the typical believer. Daredevil faith doesn't take no for an answer. The faith of a daredevil 
is visible to everybody around you. I love this verse. It says, Jesus saw their faith. Let me ask you, is what you're doing evident to Jesus? Then he would stop what he's doing and say, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been looking about. I've been standing here teaching about the miracles working power that's in me, that's available to everybody here, but nobody's partaking. Nobody's receiving it. I think Jesus was so pumped when those tiles began to open up because he was thinking, man, I wish somebody would just get a hold of this. I wish somebody would take advantage of what I'm telling them. And in a moment, he had an illustrative sermon as this man was lowered down. I think he was probably giddy to say, watch this. Watch what God can do. And he said, I see your faith. And today there's people on here and you're saying, man, I've got that faith. I'm going for it. I want to tell you, Jesus sees your faith and he's working out great things in your life, even if you don't feel like it. Daredevils have a whatever it takes mentality. Number three, the third characteristic of a daredevil is they run towards adversity instead of running away from it. Average person doesn't want to go through challenging times. The average person turns and tries to hide or go around adversity, but daredevil faith causes us as believers to step right in the middle of it and say, hey, if God be for me, who can be against me? All things are possible if I believe. And so daredevil faith on the inside of you causes you to confront adversity as opposed to retreating from it. We find the story in 1 Samuel 17 of a young shepherd boy who went to visit his brothers in the time of battle. He was basically the Uber Eats of his day. His father said, take this food to your brothers. And he had bread and cheese and some other things. And when he shows up to the battlefront, he finds a giant taunting the army of Israel. And something in him, a daredevil faith began to rise up and say, this isn't right. Why are we hiding? Why are we cowering? Why are you running from these people? And you can read the story for yourself. It says that he went to the king and said, what's going on here? If none of you are going to fight, I'm going to fight. And they tried to talk him out of it. They tried to shut him up. They tried to sit him down. But he had a whatever-it-takes mentality. If, if today's my final day, I'm going out, running towards the giant, not running away. And the Bible says that he did. He, he went to the king, and the king said, Listen, I'm not going to stop you, but take my armor, take my, take my tools, take my, my battle gear. And he tried it on, and it didn't fit him. And we find it in verse 40. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 40, that David took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and he put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. And meanwhile, the Philistine, the giant with a shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing with health he was kind of handsome and he despised him. And he said to David, Am I a dog that you come at we with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David responded to the Philistine. He said, You come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the angel armies whom you have defied. 
And on this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. For this very day I will feed your carcasses and the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear, but rather it's the Lord who saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. Verse 48, it says, The Philistine then moved closer to attack him, and David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. I love this story because it shows a perfect example of what daredevil faith does. Daredevil faith causes you to run towards battles instead of away from them. The whole army had been hiding and retreating. Every time this giant would come out and taunt them, they would tremble and shake and say, Oh my, maybe today's the day we lose. But God sent a warrior with a spirit of faith, a daredevil faith inside of him that said, No longer will you taunt us. No longer will you defy our God. Today this ends. He said this, I, today, through God, will defeat you. See, daredevils don't retreat. Daredevil faith causes you to pursue the challenge head on. I want to challenge you, never run or retreat when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Every time we retreat, the devil wins a little bit more and pushes us back and pushes us back. You weren't created to return. You were created to march forward. One more thing that I'd love to point out about this story as I, as I wrap up is that David didn't run towards his giant just with his weapon. He ran towards his giant with his mouth. Mark Hankin says, never run at your giant with your mouth closed. As you're facing adversity and challenges today and daredevil faith causes you to step towards it, release the faith with your words, causing you to get the victory before the battle's even won. In closing, let me just remind you of the scripture we started with. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. It says, The people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. When we come out of this challenging season, make sure that you are knowing your God at a greater level. We have all this downtime right now where most of us are working from home and we have less things to preoccupy our time. Instead of watching the news and spending time on the internet or whatever it is that you're doing, I want to challenge you, fuel yourself by knowing who God is for you. Take time to read and study and pray on a greater level than you ever have. What is it doing, Pastor? It's building your faith. I pray that when we come out of this season, you're more determined to follow His leading than the leading of the media. I pray that during this challenging time, you find the strength to do whatever it takes to obtain the miracles and the blessings that you need. That you obtain a whatever-it-takes attitude like the friends of the paralytic. I pray that you ask God for courage to run towards the fight with a no-surrender, no-retreat attitude. I pray today that you're encouraged you know, one of my jobs and one of my greatest joys is to pray for you, but also preach to you and encourage you and let you know that God is for you. He's in you. 
and that the local church here at International Family Church, but the greater church, the church, the body of Jesus Christ, we are fueled by faith. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You know, what speaks the greatest in hours like this in dark times is our strength. Not our strength as individuals, but our strength boasted in what God has already done for us. Let me remind you, you're victorious in Christ. You're not trying to win. You've already won. Stand up today. Get a backbone. Challenge challenges. Don't allow the enemy to fill your life with thoughts of defeat and discouragement. I pray that today you are empowered with a spirit of faith to know that you've got everything you need to overcome in this hour. And maybe you're watching today as I close and you say, man, I, I don't know if I have that. I don't know if I know God on the level you're talking about, Pastor. But I think I want that. I think I need that. If I was honest, I would say I'm, I'm stuck. I, I'm not necessarily thriving in this season. There's a gift that I want to give you that actually God gave to me. His name is Jesus. The Bible says that through a relationship with Jesus, we can overcome. My Bible says that if we believe that Jesus died and was rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, if we believe that and we confess that, then we can overcome just like Jesus did. It's super simple. If that's you and you say, man, I need a, I need a help. I need, I need a greater power. I need Jesus in my life. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Just say it out of your mouth. Believe it in your heart. Right now, just say this, Lord, today I turn from my sins. I choose Jesus. Lord, today I put away my plans and I choose your plans. Forgive me from everything that I've said or done against your word and your plan for my life. Lord, today I commit to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says if you prayed that prayer, that your spirit was recreated, you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. If that's you and you prayed that prayer, shoot us a text in the chat box. There's a, there's a link to, to our, our, our website there. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to get some information to you that will help you continue to walk with the Lord. Hey, again, as I close, thank you so much for tuning in today. We love you. If you need something, reach out to us. God bless you. Have a great day.